Charlotte, North Carolina, and this recording is from one of our church services. For more information, visit our website at churchofphiladelphia.com. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoy the message. If we can go to uh, the book of Romans, you know we're talking about the anatomy of bondage, right? And we're going to go to our foundational scripture, <clears throat> and I'm going to read it, and I can let you guys be seated. It's Romans 8 and 15. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Amen. Be seated. What we're going to be talking about this morning is the escape room. The escape room. Uh, so very, uh, you know, renewing the mind with God's truth. Has anybody ever done that escape room? So for those that have not, I'll let you know what an escape room is. You get locked in this room with different clues that are usually kind of difficult to find. The object of the room is to get out of the room. But one clue connects to another clue, and then you have to break out codes and... However the person designs the escape room depends on the difficulty level of you being able to get out of it, right? So there might be a picture in the escape room that, you know, got this code behind it, but you don't know that when you walk in. There may be a key up under the trash can, but you don't know that when you walk in. <laughs> children remember that. <laughs> we done an escape room here with the children, and uh, I got to smoke Hallelujah. That's better? Yeah, that is better. <laughs> so, when you get into this escape room, you're supposed to be able to get out. But there's a time limit on you getting out. So, if you don't get out in the right time, then you lose. Technically, you're trapped. Right? But it's because it's a game, you don't, you know, you actually can't get out. But they've even made a movie about it where people was trapped in these rooms and if they didn't get the right clues, they died in the room. Right? So only one person made out of the room and when they found out, these people was playing like this big game across the whole nation with people's lives and killing them in the room. The person who made it out, they would get like a new lease on life and all this other stuff. Right? But in the movie, the guy got so mad because he made it out, found out what happened. He pretty much killed the creator of it and everything. But <laughs> it's a different type of movie. Amen. So we're going to be talking about really the escape room being your mind. You ever heard people say, I'm in my head? All right. If anybody in here, you ever just been in your head? All right. Where you can't get out of your head? You're trying to escape? You, yourself, trying to escape in bondage to your own thoughts? You ever been like that? Because you're trying to figure something out that you can't seem to figure out. It's not going to stop. <laughs> you're trying to figure something out that you can't seem to figure out. Or you're being tormented by something, a thought, a situation, a problem. Uh, argument. It could be anything where you get stuck in your head 
and you're not able to get out of your head. And because you're not able to get out of your head, you can't escape. And this is, you know, we've heard this for years in the body of Christ. This is the battlefield. The battlefield is the mind. Everybody has access to your mind. The devil, other people, situations, life. Everybody has access to your mind. You, God. So there's so many things going on in the mind. And when we talk about the mind, we're not really talking about the brain per se. We're talking about that point where the brain kind of meets that which is unseen. Because these thoughts do have a natural, you know, type of synapses that goes on. Meaning there are electrical pulses going on in our mind or in our brain when we're having these thoughts, right? Being able to pull memory. In our, and if you really study the brain, it's really, really amazing how much activity goes on in your brain. And it gives you a mind, it gives you a, a, a kind of a picture on how the mind works and why the mind gets attacked so much. Because if the enemy can get your mind, he can control your head. And therefore, he's really going to control everything else because everything stems from the mind or stems from the brain. Right? So if we just kind of just stay within the scripture and we're actually going to go and kind of do a little recap of where we've been. But if we really kind of just stay within the scripture, fear, once fear gets in the mind, it's very difficult for you to be able to move forward. This is why we don't understand how important faith is, but we're going to talk about that. Amen? So, you know, we've already gone over, you know, pretty much what bondage is, what we're trying to do, the different definitions, and the different ways that we can become bound. Traditionally, most of the time, if you're not looking like, like I said, like Emily Rose or like the little girl off of Ex- Exorcist, your hair's not spinning around, you're not jumping up and down, you're not, people don't think there's any kind of demonic activity really going on, right? But we know otherwise, correct? Meaning you can be bound in the mind and demonic activity can be going on in your mind, but you're functional. You're able to do whatever you need to do throughout life to a certain level to where you kind of can get some things done, but you may not be successful at life. You may not be successful, especially at the walk with God because of the bondages in the mind. Amen? So give me the... Let's go to anatomy. When we're talking about the anatomy of bondage, the definition of anatomy is the structural makeup, especially of an organism or any of its parts. So we're going to be talking about the structural makeup of bondage. Okay? There's a makeup of bondage. The enemy don't just be like, oh, I'm just going to bind you. You know, when the, when the Bible talks about the wiles of the devil, he's talking about the strategies. Meaning he makes plans that are specific to your life, your situation, your mindset, your personality, your life history, and according to whatever God has planned for you. He has to see how do I bind up this person because what might work on me might not work on my wife. And what might work on my wife might not work on me. 
right? So he said, I can't fight you the same way I fight your wife. I can't fight you the same way I fight your brother or your sister. I must make strategic plans specific for you. So I must make this, it's a, it is the makeup of what bondage looks like. It is a separating or dividing into the parts for detailed examination. For detailed examination. All right? For detailed examination. So we're going to look at the details of what bondage really is. Right? And as the man of God taught us on last Sunday, there were three different areas which we're actually going to be dealing with when we're talking about bondage. And the first is oppression. The sense of being weighed down in body or mind. Now, this is Webster. Oppression is the sense of being weighed down in body or mind. It's not a scriptural definition, per se. Amen? Or the unjust or cruel exercise of authority or power. Then the second one is suppression. An act or instance of suppressing the state of being suppressed. Or, let's go with this, the conscious intentional exclusion from consciousness of a thought or feeling. Or lastly, the checking of one's true feelings and impulses when dealing with others. I like the last two. Because suppression means I consciously say, no, I'm not really thinking that. Or I consciously say, no, I'm not really feeling that. I'm not, even though I'm dealing with another individual and it's starting to bring up certain emotions or certain feelings or certain thoughts in me, I'll say, nah, that's not, that's not real. This is not true. So I begin to suppress what I'm really dealing with. And we see this in the body of Christ a lot of times because we call it, some people call it faith. But faith has to deal with reality. So faith, I have to deal with the truth. Meaning, if I'm mad at you, I can't say, I just believe God that I'm never going to be angry again. Because I believe God yesterday, I'm not going to be angry even though I'm angry today. It can't be true because I believe God yesterday. Right? And it's not that the church has you know, meant for this to happen this way. It's just how we cope with things as individuals. Some of us don't deal with stress very well. And because we don't deal with stress very well, we begin to start taking the coping mechanisms from church and from religiosity to be able to help with life, even though sometimes we use it to escape from reality. When that's not the real true purpose of what it really is. The real true purpose of Christianity is to bring you into what reality really is. To make you face your life for what it is and be able to conquer, to overcome. But you can't conquer and overcome something that you can't face. Right? All right, give me the last. Possession. The act of having or taking into control 
control or occupancy of property without regard of ownership. But we're going to deal with the last one. A psychological state in which an individual's normal personality is replaced by another. It's the psychological state. This is what the enemy is trying to do. Trying to replace your personality with his. Through your thinking. So what personality you have to look at that, that you're dealing with that's outside of scripture. That's outside of the image of God. Outside of who he has made us to be. Whatever personality you may, deal, may be dealing with, it could be a learned personality. Something that you learn from your parents. Something that you learn from your brother, your sister, a friend. Or just from situations that you just try to survive. Right? And now that God is requiring something else, it doesn't seem like it's fair or it's right because I had to learn this to be able to survive, or I had to learn this because this is what mom and daddy said was right, and all this other stuff. But that's not the real personality. But in order to change the personality, I must change the thinking. And this is what we deal with, especially as a church that cast out devils. The devil can be gone, but the personality has not been trained. The mindset has not been renewed. So sometimes people use deliverance or the casting out of devils just like medicine. I need my hit or I need, you know, it's getting too much for me. So since it's getting too much, it's getting too full, I need you to lay hands and cast this out of me. But then there's no work or there's very little work or low sustained work over the course of time to be able to change the way of living. Because the casting out of a devil is in order to be able to give you the power to be able to live. Not just to feel better. Amen? So that's, those are the three areas that we're going to be talking about. So you have to ask yourself, okay, in my mind, do I fit in any of these areas? Am I oppressed? Was something trying to oppress me? Something trying to weigh me down in my mind? And it could just be a fleeting thought that's repeated over and over and over and over again. Right? Meaning, when you get in the car, you're scared you're going to get into a wreck. But every time you get in the car, you're scared you're going to get into a wreck. You, you, you're oppressed. It may not feel like oppression, but these are the seeds of fear being planted in the mind in order to try to kind of corrupt your mind with fear. So then it goes from I'm scared I'm getting to a wreck to I'm scared I'm about to die on the road. Then when you see a, you see a wreck, you start shaking and you start getting nervous because now fear is starting to build from this one thought that was repeated Maybe once or twice a week. Or maybe once a day. You got over it, drunk some coffee, you're good to go. Got along with your day, you're good, right? But in the mind, you still weigh down. So then it just takes another situation to make fear come and build again. You got rolled up at work. I'm going to lose my job. And therefore, if I lose my job, I won't have anywhere to live. I won't have anything to eat. I won't be able to have clothes. I can't pay the bills. All these different things, right? 
So are you oppressed in the mind? I can't move forward because I'm oppressed. It's too much weight on me. This is where people lack motivation, start dealing with depression because they are oppressed. Oppressed by fears that have gripped their soul and gripped their mind to where I can't overcome what I'm really afraid of. Praise that now. Amen. So when we're dealing with the spirit of bondage, we're gonna, I'm gonna be, we're gonna look at a few manifestations of the spirit. I don't know if y'all can y'all get that. Y'all can't get that, can you? Manifestations of the spirit of bondage. Now, I'm a teacher, so y'all got to follow me. Don't go to sleep. Okay? Wake up. Amen? Pay attention. Take notes. Amen? So we can apply, right? All right. Come on, let's go a little bit further. Just read that. All right. Here. Anguish of spirit. I mean, I'm in pain. I'm in anguish in my spirit, man. I'm bound. I can't get free from my pain. These are all manifestations, and some of us have dealt with these particular manifestations, these particular spirits, even in people's lives and our own lives, right? But it could be why I can't get totally free because I'm not dealing with the strong man of bondage. I got free from the anguish. Maybe I got free from the bitterness. But I can't seem to get free from the bondage. Something keeps on holding me. Bitterness. Satanic captivity. The imprisonment or the slavery of. This is where, uh, you know, when people don't listen to the truth, this is what the scripture is talking about. When people don't listen to the truth or when you're trying to give them the truth, but they're in a state to where the enemy really has free will over them, he can take them captive at his will. So do you have any situations? Do we have any situations or any instances or places in our life where the enemy just has free course? Like you feel like there's a place in your life where, okay, I have no choice but to think this way. Because we're talking about the mind. And when this thought pattern comes, it overtakes me. It weighs me down. It possesses me. It controls my thoughts, my emotions, my feelings, my actions, my decisions. I'm in captivity. Blindness in spiritual darkness or outside of Christ. Meaning I'm coming to church, but I can't see what everybody see. I can't understand what everybody understands. I hear the word, but I really don't understand it. I'm blind to it. I know I'm saved, but I'm really blind to who Christ is. Right? Bruised. I mean, crushed or shattered. I mean, I am in this state to where I'm not able to function. On the inside, I'm shattered. I'm all over the place. 
something has come in my life and bruised me or shattered me. And if we read the scripture in Luke where, 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 where Christ began to announce what he came to the earth to do, he said, well, I, set, I come to set the captives free. What? But the last thing he said was to set at liberty those that have been bruised. Because some of us, when we get bruised in our mind, we say, I can't do that anymore. Even if it was something that God told you to do. God might have told you to do it, but you got bruised in doing it. So I'm in captivity to the bruising. All I can think about was what happened last time. And because of what happened last time, I'm not going to do that again. So I must protect myself from being bruised. Right? Brokenness. Broken in heart, mind, soul, or body. When a person gets broken in their mind, they're not really able to think clearly. They can't follow conversations well. You ever hear people say, well, they just got a short attention span. Why? Why they got such a short attention span? Why they can't listen? Why they can't sit down and pay attention to what another person is saying? Why they can't follow? Something is broken in their mindset. Something's not, not, not firing off correctly. So I know it's, it's uncomfortable for us to talk about this kind of stuff because people don't want to talk about, hey, you know, we are on different levels. Everybody understands differently, right? But God challenges us to be renewed in our mind. So though we're on different levels, still there should be the Spirit of God that helps me to begin to understand some things. If my mind is healed. But some of us are not healed in the mind. You may be healed in your body. You may be okay in your spirit. You may be all right in your heart. But your mind is all over the place. Has no discipline. It's broken. Oppression. We've already talked about that. Or addiction. Habitually giving oneself up to a negative practice. Such as smoking, drinking, or doing drugs. But I think you can be addicted to sex. I think you can be married and addicted to sex. And use the scripture to be able to say, hey, this is when really the sex is doing something more than what it's supposed to do. Sex don't pose to give you identity. Never was meant for that. If we go to the true purpose of it, it was for us to fruitful, multiply, and to be able to celebrate this union. So even if I'm going into sex with a selfish mindset, well, it's all about me. You're not using sex for the right purpose. Because it can't be all about you and you're doing it with somebody else. <laughs> right? But when we break down what happens in the mind during and after sex, this is the high that some of us get addicted to. The different hormones that get released during, well, before, during, and after. So when we break up what happens in the brain, the serotonin, the dopamine, 
the things that make me feel connected. But if I can't feel connected outside of sex, like in a conversation, I can't feel connected. There's a problem. Right? So some of us like sex a whole lot because we have to high. You addicted to a, a, a actual chemical in your body that you don't know about. So you have to look at the real true meaning of why I like sex this much. Because I could be addicted. Meaning if sex was an escape for you. Boy, it's quiet in here for real right now. If sex was a manipulation for you. If sex was a, a way that you got ahead or a way that you just got through stuff. Oh, I'm, t- I'm t- talking to you from experience. I'm the person who masturbated multiple times in a day. So I'm going to be real with you because we talk about the stuff that's going on. It was hard for me to be around people because I was so perverted in my mind. So sex was, I was trying to get an identity through my sexuality. Yeah, I know I'm not by myself. I know where I'm at. <laughs> I know I'm not by myself. So it was hard for me to deal with another person sexually because it really was all about me. I needed the high that came from watching porn and masturbating. This is why some of still you still trying to do stuff that you remember from the porn video. If the foundation of how you have learned something is perverted, you have to uproot that foundation and relearn it. Totally. If the foundation of what you have learned, of how you learn something is perverted, you have to uproot that and relearn it. I learned sex through porn. So therefore, my definition of what good sex was and how sex supposed to be was through porn. Daddy got the videos. You go in there and go in to go get them. So then, then you learn... Then you start to look at in the mindset. This is how I begin to start measuring myself. I started looking at different things and I'm looking at grown man and I'm a teenager. Of course I don't measure up. Oh, come on. It it was on the women's side too. You looking at grown women and you was a teenager or a little girl and you just like, hey, she can handle all that. That looks scary. Oh, this was actually trauma to my mind at such a young age. It was trauma that now I got exposed to something that I shouldn't have been exposed to at such a young age and got hooked on it. So everything was about what? Sex. I put God off of sex. I got married because I want to have sex. I got my last girlfriend in high school because I want to have sex all year. 
So I found the right girl who want to have sex all the time. Wanted the girl that everybody else wanted. She was supposed to be the, the jump off. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. I got with the jump off my senior year of high school because I wanted to have sex all year. And that's what I did to the point where I got tired. I said, something wrong with this girl. And she was worse off than me. <laughs> I'm for real. I remember being in the car thinking like, she looking at me crazy. I was like, what's wrong with you? It's like, I'm upset my boyfriend won't have sex. Like, we just had sex like yesterday. It ain't like I've been withholding from you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, we not even married. Like, I was like, dang. I'm almost tired of having sex. <laughs> right? But I got addicted to the feeling that I thought it was, it was going to do something to me, for me. Right? And it go on both sides. If a man wants you, want to be with you, want to touch you, you think that man love you. He don't love you. He just wants sex. A man could just want sex. Want to touch you, be with you, and everything. Because she just wants sex. All right. I spent enough time there. <laughs> yeah, that's different addictions. Some folks addicted to shopping. The rush of finding a deal. Spending that money. Getting some products. Getting them shoes. You know what I'm saying? You can get addicted to it. Right? Get addicted to them clothes. Get you, have to, you have to find out what is it that's feeding your mind, your soul. What's giving you definition for your identity that's outside of God? Because we laugh about it and stuff, but it can become very dangerous when I get into a situation when I get broken. Because this is what I'm going to go to before God. I'm going to go to that before I go to God. I'll go to God later after I get my fix. Especially if the fix ain't breaking the law, ain't really hurting nobody, ain't really messing up anything. Per se. Come on. Av avarice. Excessive desire for more or something. Greed. Pretty much is greed. Hoarding others' wealth. You can be in bondage to money. Be in bondage to stuff. What we were just talking about. Ambition. You can be in bondage to trying to attain honor, trying to look good in front of everybody, trying to be pleasing to everybody, and the ambition of being the great one, the ambition of being that person that everybody wants to talk to and be around. And you can be a, a addicted to this, in bondage to it, in bondage to lust, insatiable, sensuous, and sexual desire. Insatiable, meaning, meaning it can't be satisfied. Meaning God never made us with an appetite that can't be satisfied. If he made you with a stomach that can get full, why can't your sexual appetite get full? Compulsory sin, meaning, you know, it, it's really in the, the whole realm of lust. You, it's hard to be, to constrain you. You just, you think about it, you got to do it. As soon as you think about it, you got to do it. You are bondage to a thought, to, a, to, to an opportunity. 
compulsory subjection controlled by the principle of sin and the spirit. I think that might be it. Is that it? No, a little bit more. Servant, meaning I'm serving sin. You know you're in bondage to sin when you serve sin, meaning when sin comes, you feel like you have no choice. But for us that are in the church, a lot of times we say, well, sin comes, this sin comes, I, ha- I don't have a choice. But when this sin comes, I do. So I'm not really bound. Because you choose sometime. Because I'm able to choose sometime, but I'm not able to choose in other instances, we don't feel like we're really bound. But the enemy only needs one sin to get you bound with. Bound, in- inability to break free. What is it that you can't break free from? What thought keeps circling around that when certain things happen, it binds you up? Captivity under the power or the dominion of something or someone. See, we should have a desire to be free. Free. That nothing should be controlling me, not even me, except Christ. That's, that's, that's the real free life, right? Master, subdued by or made to be the servant of corruption, meaning that sin or the enemy is your master. Amen? So who is your master according to whose disciple are you? Meaning what mindset do you have? All right, let's go to Romans chapter 12, verse 2. And we're trying to get out of this room, right? So if you see any bondages, if any bondages, if the Holy Spirit is speaking to you by any thought patterns, as we go through this, as we go through this teaching, if, if the Holy Spirit begins to speak it to you, there should be people getting prayer, right? You should be trying to get some help, trying to get some counsel, right? Amen. So, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So, someone, because we are clouded, when we get clouded about what the will of God is, it's because our minds have not been renewed in that area. Or we refuse to learn what God is trying to teach us. Because God is a teacher. The Holy Spirit teaches. Meaning he requires us to learn practice, apply, do it over and over and over and over again. Right? But if I'm, if I'm not, if I'm conformed to this world, I won't be transformed just by coming to church. I mean, if the ideologies of this world is what really, you know, uh, controls me, if I believe what the world believes, I'm not talking about that you stop believing in Christ. What I'm talking about is that you believe that the way to success is this way, the way the world does it. You believe that the way to comfort or having a good life is the way the world does it. So when people talk to you about living by faith and praying and and believing God, if there's something that turns in you, or is it something that you don't really agree with in your mindset, you have to begin to say, okay, my mind is not renewed in this place. If you have given up on faith in an area in your life or given up on beginning to 
do it God's way in an area in your life, then you have to say, my mind is not renewed. Therefore, this is why we keep on staying the same in certain areas. Right? We don't change in certain areas because, not because so much of the devil, but some things we just have to learn. I have to learn how to do this differently. Meaning I have to unlearn what I think I know. Yeah, I have to be willing to unlearn what I think I know. So what is it that you think you know that's not working? <laughs> right? We got somebody telling the truth. It could be, it's plenty for a lot of us. But a lot of times what we do is we keep on doing the same thing. We don't want to be renewed on how we think about it. Because to be renewed means I got to be wrong. That's the first step. That means I'm wrong. If I'm wrong, then that means there may be something wrong with me. That's not necessarily the truth, but that's what the enemy tries to make us feel like. Well, if you're wrong, there must be something wrong with you. Why you only think about that? Why you only think about it that way? No, you're just wrong about something. It's okay. I'm wrong about stuff too. A whole lot of stuff. And when we come to God, most of the time we are wrong. Because <laughs> his ways are not our ways, right? Look at your name and say, don't be afraid to be wrong. Don't look at him again and say, don't be too prideful to be wrong. Don't be too prideful to be wrong. It's okay to be wrong. You being wrong don't mean the other person got a, a one up on you. That you have to renew the mind. That's a, that's the mindset of pride. <laughs> you don't have to be right all the time to be right. Being right means I'm okay with being wrong sometimes. I'm trying to get it right. Right? So it's hard for me to see what the will of God is. Why? Because it's not clear to me because my mindset is not clear. So I'm bound. I get stuck in this room of thinking that this is the way to do it. Well, I, I'm not the person that needs to change. The other person needs to change. They should just conform to what I'm doing. Lord, this is really quiet this morning. <laughs> It's the mindset. It's hard for us to talk about what really goes on in our mind. Because some of us feel crazy. We just don't want to tell people. We feel like we know something is a little off. But until you start to sit down and start thinking, and, and, and well, stop thinking, but start talking and confronting it continuously until you get it right. Because if it's off, we all a little off in some areas. Let's just be honest. It's the effects of sin. It's the effects of selfishness. It's the effects of, you know, us being learning certain things and going through certain pains. And, you know, these different things that we go through is the effects of being born to the people that we was born to. All these different things. It's the effects of those things. 
Some things going to be a little off. You got to be able to look back and say, you know what? Mom and daddy was wrong. Granddaddy was wrong. Grandma was wrong. Auntie was wrong. Uncle was wrong. All them were wrong. And now that's why I'm doing some stuff that's wrong. Right? All right, let's go to James 1 and 8. A double-minded man. This is where confusion wars at us because I'm in between two interests. And for some of us, this is our walk with God right now. I want God, but I want what I want. And I want what I want right now. So you're trying to pull together, how do I have God and get what I want? So I must use faith magic. Right. I don't want to have to actually believe God, but I'll go through what believing God looks like to see if I can get what I want from God. But I really won't run this by God to see if God even want to do this. But I'm going to put my faith on it. And put a praise on it. Because I'm trying to manipulate God. And it's not that some things he don't want to do. He may want to do it, but he just don't want to do it right now, maybe. So faith matters. You know it's not real faith when you don't want to wait. It can't be. Because real faith says you really get settled that it's done. So you don't mind waiting. Because waiting don't mean that it's not done. Y'all still with me? So a double-minded man, one that is divided in interest and one that is two-spirited. We can become bound in our mindset because we have too many minds. When you got your mind, devil's mind, mama's mind, daddy's mind, your husband's mind, your wife's mind, your children's mind, all these minds you're trying to carry around. So your interest is divided. So when God requires more, it's like, okay, no, I can't do that. I got too many minds I'm dealing with already. I'm in between too many different things. I'm really not all the way sure that, God, this is the way that I supposed to go. So you're stuck in the room. You're stuck in this. And, and let's think about this room. This room is where your life looks the same all the time. No progress or very little. Because in the escape room, you can get very little progress but never really get free. And then you can spend a whole lot more time trying to find the next clue, trying to find the next truth. Just to be like, oh, I finally got it. And some of us, we've been there. This is finally going to be it. And you think your life is about to turn all the way around, and it doesn't. 
then it looks the same. So you try to escape. And some of us try to escape in our mind. I mean, you might be in church at the beach. At work, just think about being at home, watching stories or something. Chilling. Man, I wish I could. And they're wondering why you, <laughs> you're, not, you're not getting work done. You're not productive because you're not there. You got divided interests. It's a double mind. So even when you, the work you do do, it's unstable. You know you can hate your job and still do it well? If your mind is in it. But you have to make a decision. I'm still going to do it well even though I don't like it. But when I got two minds, or oh, I hate this and I'm gone, everything I do is unstable. Everything I do, ain't, it ain't going to be done well. Right? So what are you suppressing in the mind? What, what possesses your mind? What is oppressing your mind? What different mindset do you have that's causing you to be unstable? And the real question is, do you want to be free from the mindset? Do you want to let it go? Or does this mindset give you certain comfort, a certain escape, a certain false hope? A different type of identity. You want to be that person. You, you, you're tired of being the person you feel like everybody walk on. So you want to be the person that fights. Cusses people out. In your mind, you want to be that person. Smack folks. Slam doors. Don't care about what nobody think. Right? <laughs> A lot of us do. <laughs> you is not alone amen so it's this, it's this mindset and, and people who are dealing with us sometimes wondering like it gets difficult when you're dealing with somebody and you don't know who you're going to get because I'm going to get this person this day or maybe in the same day I'm going to get a different person Right? And it's not just I'm just being human. It is we're dealing with two different people. We're dealing with another entity that makes this person think a certain way that even when I sit down and try to tell this person the truth, they can't hear. They don't want to hear the truth. You ever been so mad you don't want to be corrected? Get ready to fight. Don't want to hear no scripture. Don't want no God. Don't want nothing. This is a different mindset. It's a different mindset. I'm, I've been there. Just leave me alone for a moment. I'm trying not to show out. Because I'm really, I'm trying not to show out. I'm trying not to show out. I'm trying. If you keep on talking to me, I'm going to show out. You keep on asking me what's wrong, and I'm telling you to leave me alone. I'm going to show out. 
right? But you have to be willing to go, when you get left alone, go get free. Don't, don't, don't. We ain't going to leave you alone to tear up the house. We ain't going to leave you alone for three hours while you abide in the demon and... and No, no, we're not going to do that because this opens up stuff for everyone. At some point, okay, we need to see what's, what's a safe span of time for you to be left alone to get yourself right. Because a whole day ain't going to work. A whole day is not going to work. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it is. Sometimes you want to be left alone the whole day, but some, it's just not. You have to understand who you are. We have to understand who we are, how spiritual we are. And it is difficult for that to happen, and nothing happens around you. The only way that happens is somebody goes into prayer and start blocking stuff. So we're going to leave you alone? Okay, we're going to leave you alone for a few minutes, an hour maybe at the most. But in an hour, you ought to be able to get right with the Holy Ghost. If you're willing to. And if you can't get right with the Holy Ghost, this should be, I'm going to call somebody so I can get right. So I can hear something else in my ear other than the demon, other than my flesh. Why? Because I have another mindset working. Because we don't want to tell the truth. All the stuff that go on in our mind when we get angry. You're looking at slicing people's throats, murders going on. You want to chop people's heads off, break folks' legs and arms and all this other stuff. Get a gun and shoot folks and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? You want to get them back. You hope that they die on the road and get in a wreck and or maybe just not die. But if they can be in the body cast, that'll work too. Every bone broken. Because at some point in our mind, we're like, if they in enough pain, they'll know they did me wrong. <laughs> they probably be in so much pain, they forgot what they did to you, period. But that, that talks about that other mindset, that ill will that needs to be renewed, right? Because when God was angry at us, what did he do? He sent his son to die for us. He said, I send my son to die for my enemies. So what happens when your spouse is your enemy? In that moment. When you feel like this person is your enemy. Right? When you feel like it. They're, they're your enemy. They're working against you. It's not to kill them. You can't kill them. You can't kill them. You can't try to destroy them. Not spiritually either. Amen. All right, come on. Let's go to 2 Corinthians. I want to get here, and then we're going we're gonna, to try to tie it up. Amen? 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3. 
Because we're going to be talking about what we're trying to get free by renewing our mind. Renewing the mind. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3. You can't renew the mind if you don't study your word. If you don't open up your Bible, there's no way you're going to renew your mind. That's, it's not deep. It's really not that deep. Like the interest got to be the word of God. So what? We, though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of what? Strongholds. And this is what a lot of us are dealing with in our mindset. Strongholds. Strongholds. Fortresses that defend against God's truth. It's like a big castle with a moat and a dragon outside of it. That every time God's truth comes, this dragon come and kill it. Strongholds are where demons live. It's a house. So when I have a bad understanding, I'm giving this place for a spirit to come and visit. It's like having a hotel in your head. They come and check in, you know? Check in, we're like, oh, it's time? Yeah, they real good and mad. Let's go check in. <laughs> Anger, murder, bitterness, unforgiveness, spite, malice, violence. Let's go check in. We need about three or four rooms, but we got enough room because we done did enough work. We done taught them how to keep us here whenever they need us here. This is how we get bondage in the mind because it's not so much of, okay, a, a demon, because a demon can't live in your mind. Can't communicate through your mind, right? But a lot of times they suppress themselves so they don't seem so obvious. So it's not there all the time. But it's when someone sits down and tries to tell you the truth, especially about yourself. This is when we start running into strongholds. Because the truth that we don't want to face about ourselves is the stronghold that's binding us up from moving forward. It is that truth. The truth that hurts the truth that makes you feel bad, the truth that makes you feel like you're nothing, the truth that makes you feel like you messed everything up, the truth that makes you feel like you're not going to make it, the tr that truth, because all the feelings are a lie. All the feelings are a part of the stronghold. It's a part of the anatomy. The way that bondage happens in the mind, they have to have some kind of agreement with the heart. So when the stronghold is there, it's because I have agreement with the heart and the mind. And the only way to tear this down is with warfare. And part of God's warfare is his truth. When he speaks his truth, it tears down the mindset 
and how I feel about these particular thoughts. Right? So when I have to sit down and have a conversation with somebody, somebody's actually trying to help me, trying to counsel me, trying to, 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 to show me some things about myself, even though I came to them about someone else. Because it's always somebody else's fault. That's what the devil going to tell you. If they would just do. But what are you going to do? If they don't do this, what are you going to do? Is your relationship with God tied up in a person? That could be a stronghold. Man, if they don't obey God, I can't. That's a stronghold. It's a very subtle one. But it's a very strong one. Because my, obe- my obedience ain't got nothing to do with my wife. Oh, I had to get free from that stronghold. Because the enemy told me, well, if she, if she don't want to do this, then everything's not going to work. How? It don't matter if she don't want to do it. Because I still have to obey. We're not there no more. Thank Jesus. We passed that play. We're still working on some stuff. We're still working. But part of my freedom, part of my freedom was this. I still got to obey. And my love can't change for you. My love can't change for you even if you choose something that, that I don't agree with. If, I choose something, if you choose something that, 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 that I would be in total disagreement with, love can't change. You're still my wife. And I give you free course to be who you are. Be the human that God has created you to be. Deal with the consequences that you're going to deal with. Deal with God how you're going to deal with him. I'm not going to be in the way of that. I'm not going to be afraid of it either. Because the fear bound me. The fear was a stronghold. When I got free from the fear, all of a sudden, she started getting better. So who was the real issue? Who was the real issue? It was me. It was me. I was the real issue. Because I let fear stay. <laughs> we don't want we don't want to hear that. Cuz we want a way out. But it, that's a stronghold. It's an understanding that I came up with. Behind a life that I wanted. Behind an imagination that I put together. That's a stronghold. Come on, let's get to the next scripture. Strongholds have to be what? (laughs) Pulled down. I'm probably not going to get to my last scriptures. but Casting down imaginations. I want to read this in the Amplified. Amplified has been helping me out here. We are, in verse 5, we are destroying sophisticated arguments. 
we are destroying sophisticated arguments. And imagination has a voice and a picture. It's a sophisticated argument. This is why, just look at how the enemy came to Christ. If you be the son of God, make these stones to be bread. And then start doing what? Quoting the word to him. It was a sophisticated argument. The enemy will bring the word, your word to you. Your promise to you. Your hope to you. And give you a sophisticated argument against God about what he said. And build a stronghold around it of fear, of doubt, of unbelief, of anger, of bitterness, of unforgiveness, of blame, of shame, and all these different things start to go in your mind. And then all these things are controlling your mindset. And then now... I can't talk the way I used to talk. I can't confess the way I used to confess. I can't have relationship the way I used to have relationship. And suddenly, in my mind, it's because of the way I'm looking at everybody else, because of the way I'm looking at my life, my life not coming together, because I have this sophisticated imagination. You got to cast it down. Take what God said. Come on, we done heard it so long. How, what have we heard? Take him at his word. Everything else is unpure. Either he lied or he going to do it. And we know, we know he's not a liar. So everything else is a weapon against what he said. Every little subtle doubt. Every little subtle thing that comes again is the anatomy. It don't feel like bondage because it all makes sense. And it all has evidence. And you keep on seeing the same thing, so it has to be this. And this is what God is showing you. Is God showing you that? Or is you just dealing with the reality of the, of the journey? Think about it. Because we check out. Because it's opposite of what he said. And we give up. Because it's opposite. And we come up with another imagination that came from the devil. But it makes sense. And I can fit it in scripture. It's a bondage. If it was freedom... Why is it that no one is following your walk? If you're free, then you're able to get others free. But if you doubt the God you serve, then you really don't want to introduce him to nobody else either. It's quiet, it's quiet, it's quiet. He's trying to shut us up. What happened to your boldness? Is it with your last disappointment? What happened to the truth you used to tell? 
Is it with the last embarrassment? The last place of shame? What happened to your faith? Where is it at? Something happens to us and he starts to build. Boom, brick by brick, stone by stone. To where now people trying to penetrate this particular mindset and and God's word can't get through. Because in a fortress, it defends. And this is why some of us are so defensive. You're so defensive because every time we run into a defensiveness, this is when you're dealing with a stronghold. Especially when you ain't even said nothing really. You say something to them and they start getting defensive. Oh, that's a stronghold right there. It's a stronghold. Because they heard something that you didn't say. Oh, when they hear something that you didn't say, that's a stronghold. Because that's something else talking to them. Then there might be something living up there. Because we're not able to understand English that we have learned all our lives. The words have gotten twisted. Because when I said something, you felt something. And because you felt and thought something, you You didn't even hear what I really said. It's a stronghold. Stronghold. A fortress. And what is it trying to do? I'm going to read it in the Amplified. Just a little bit more. And every exalted and proud thing, every exalted and proud thing that sets itself up against the true knowledge of God we are taking every thought and purpose captive to the obedience of Christ. So if I'm going to get out of this room, I got to find the truth, Christ, the man. I got to find his truth, not mine. The truth that sleeps on the boat in the storm. Because he knows who he is. You know, you know, you know what I'm saying? The truth that has all the enemies around him, and he's fine. Because he knows he's going to get finished with what he said. Not the truth that says, you know what, it looks like my life is going to fall apart. Even though I'm serving God, he's going to let it happen. Really? Is it? Is God really going to let your life fall all the way apart and you be destroyed? And him not be who he is. It's something that exalting itself. You know God to be different. You know who God is. But your situation says that he ain't that. So I got a different mindset. So I'm double minded. Even about what God has said. I'm double-minded about my walk with Christ. So you got to bring it into captivity. Come on. Bring, bind up what's trying to bind you. It's trying to bind you. 
And some of us, it has bound us. Or when I got free, my love was able to flow because I had got cold. I had checked out because I thought I had a reason to. Because the devil had told me I had a reason. When the scripture tells me nowhere I have this reason. Ain't no scripture justifying what I'm doing. Only my emotions, only my feelings, only my offense, only my anger, only my stronghold telling me what to do. My mindset. I was bound. But when I got free, it was better for me. (laughs) It was better for me because now I was able to have faith again. Now I was able to believe God again. Now I was able to look at what's opposite and say, you don't move me. And I I got like, it don't matter what you do. Do whatever you're going to do. Oh, we had got to a real rough place. So do whatever you're going to do. Choose whatever you're going to choose. All I know is for me, I ain't moved. And for some of us, the devil done punked you to where you moved. He punked me. I ain't, I, ain't, I ain't speaking big. He punked me for a long time. Punked both of us. <laughs> both of us. There was no strength. Amen? So you got to bring it into what? Captivity. 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 Amen? And being ready to punish every act of disobedience when your obedience is complete. Verse 6. Let's read it again. And having a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. You got to look back and say, okay, what understanding, where am I bound at? Where have I given myself a right to rebel? Where? What understanding do I have that I, even though I hear a person telling me something, it really don't penetrate my heart. It don't do nothing. It's not getting that, to that place where I'm really offended. What mindset? Is it a mindset you feel like nobody really loves you so you trust no one? It could be a mindset from your childhood. It could be a stronghold from your childhood. You feel like no matter how much people tell you that they love you, you feel like they really don't. You're waiting for them just to show that they don't at some point. It's a stronghold. Amen? So we're getting free today. Amen? We're getting free. We're getting free. We're getting free today. We're not pointing all this out to stay bound. We're not talking about all this just to stay in the same place. We're getting free today. Amen? So how do I pull them down? I got to get into his word. You actually got to become a disciple. 
meaning you got to walk with him. Hold yourself accountable. 